Hello, my spooky friends. Tonight, we have a special guest with me, Deborah Roque from Paranormal Paradigmia. She will be uh, joining me to talk about the Congress Plaza Hotel, the spooky and creepy hotel in Chicago, Illinois. So sit back and enjoy this great episode. I'm really excited because today we have a guest, Deborah. Deborah, how do you pronounce your last name? Uh, Roque. <laughs> <laughs> Roque, Deborah Roque. I can call her Deb, she said too. So we're mm-hmm. good on that too. And this is podcast about everything mysterious, everything spooky and creepy in the Midwest. So Deb, I call my people, <laughs> my friends, my spooky friends. So just to let you know. So Deb, tell me a little bit about yourself and uh, a little bit about, you know, why you like the paranormal. Oh, well, okay, let me twofold. So first part, a little bit about myself. Well, my name is Deborah. I was born and raised in Miami, uh, Florida. I don't live there currently, but that's definitely where I spent the first big chunk of my life. Um, I studied there. I actually moved to the Dominican Republic for three years uh, for some field work. I have my master's degree from the University of Miami And, um, I decided that I, after I graduated and I couldn't really find jobs and then COVID hit, I was just like, you know what, I'm going to take my life on another turn. Like, because my life changed so much in the Dominican Republic, uh, I kind of, I feel like I came back as a whole different person and, um, (laughs) I decided to pursue more, I guess, you know, spiritual or, you know, spooky sort of calling. Right. And yeah. Um, yeah. just recently, I started this um, here. And, and as far as my interest in the paranormal, I think I've always had an interest in it. Definitely since I was young, I had a really crazy experience when I was like nine or eight years old with my mom when we saw a UFO. And ever since oh, then, like, wow. it's just, yeah, ever since then, it's just really opened. It's kind of just opened my mind. And I've had so many different experiences that I tried to deny for a while, but I think finally Hmm. I've just learned to accept it. And now I'm here trying to, you know, everything that I've learned and everything that I, that I've come to understand about the paranormal. I'm just trying to share it with others. Yeah. And also you have an interesting, um, well, podcast, um, that you're working on or starting. Could you tell my audience a little bit about that? Yeah. So just to clarify, it's not a podcast. Um, not yet. I do have oh, okay. a podcast, but it's not related. <laughs> yeah. It's not related to the paranormal. Um, yeah. So this endeavor, I guess that you can cause, it's just like a little small, like little business endeavor that I've tried. I'm trying out. Uh, it's called Paranormal Paradigma. And the whole point of it is to sort of look at the paranormal, uh, from a different lens, from a more, I guess, uh, conscious or awakened, maybe spiritual lens, where we talk about the fact that the paranormal uh, is not just ghosts and spooky stories, which is great. And, you know, ghost hunting, which is definitely part of it. And it's what makes it fun. Uh, But also, you know, to go a little bit deeper and try to understand the trigger that happens when we experience something paranormal, like, you know, Mm -hmm. what changes within us. You understand? And then from there, trying to explore that a little deeper and have people come to terms and make meaning of these experiences and integrate them in their life. Because oftentimes when we uh, experience something paranormal, it can be, you know, 
contradictory to our beliefs and, and what we think that we know about our life. And it can be life altering. And people tend yeah. to not always know how to navigate that very well. So my whole point and my, my hopes is trying like getting people to understand what these specific paranormal events and experiences mean for them and uh, having them integrate them and, you know, overcome the shock and the confusion and the stigma associated uh, with the paranormal. That is awesome, Deborah, because I think a lot of people, I think there's thousands of stories out there that remain untold. I mean, yes. that's my opinion, just because it's just, um, I don't know, kind of people go, oh, yeah, you're crazy. Like that UFO, like you saw a UFO. Yeah. Um, today, there's less stigma a a attached to it, I think. Mm -hmm. But maybe back when you were a little kid, if you come running in and say, mommy, mommy, I, I see a UFO, you know, your mom's probably going to be like, oh, okay, sweetie, time for bed. Let, you know what I mean? It, or maybe she'll believe you. But the majority of people are like a little kid saying something like, okay. Same with ghost stories, right? Yeah. It, it's really hard for people to understand that when I was a little kid, I had this happen. And how do you deal with that, right? Because maybe it was scary. Right. Maybe it was the monster under the bed, right? Mm -hmm. Or the monster in the closet. And that affected you when you got older. Right. You sleep yeah. with the light on. I don't know. <laughs> Just throw that out there. But I think that's awesome. Thank you. I think that's a really a good way. Now. Yeah. So how do you go about that? Is that something like people write in or you just kind of interview people? How's that work? I mean, so for now, again, I just sort of started this back in June. So it's yeah, a little bit sure. slow to start. I think mm -hmm. people are still feeling it out. Uh, but how it would really yeah. go is just, you know, getting people to share their stories because I mean, this is all, you know, it's all a story, right? It's all our personal experiences are all stories. Yeah. And so getting people to share their stories, having them sort of go back to, you know, those sensations, what it is they felt, you know, and sort of try to go break it down as to, you know, where these mm -hmm. feelings are coming up from and, and why do they feel that way? And then, you know, how has it impacted their yeah. life since that initial event? And yeah. um, trying to understand Absolutely. it from, I guess, a more spiritual perspective, um, I don't, I would say holistic. Sure. Yeah. Because I mean, I tend to, I'm very respectful of people's individual beliefs and, you know, there's Christians, there's Muslims, there's Jewish, there's Jewish people, there's, you know, Hindu, I mean, just the whole gamut. Right. And, uh, I really try to work with people's individual spiritual beliefs and just try to like incorporate yeah. that paranormal experience within it and see how they can make it their own and how they can over like, like again, integrate it and make meaning of it so that, you know, it's not so scary or confusing. That, that is great because like I said, that's extremely important for someone who has carried this for years. Um, I'm very funny in the sense, and I always tell these stories, but, I make no bones about it that I'm into the paranormal. So I'll have people come up to me and be like, Hey, John, I got this great story for yeah. you. Hey, John, I got this. And it's kind of funny because I listen, you know, I listen to them and I'm like, Hey, it's really, that's a really neat story. Or they got it off their chest. Right. right. It was something for them to be yes. like, Oh mm -hmm. man, I've been sitting on this. Oh, yes. it's I mean, nice to tell someone who doesn't. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I've, I realize how important that is for us, for us like, mm, humans very. to share these stories. And 
what I've realized, at least in the United States, in Western culture, we don't really have a space for that for people no. to share their what outside of the paranormal community. Like, let's say you have an experience yeah. and it really freaks you out, right? Or maybe you've been having yeah. an experience when you were like since you were a kid, and then you sort of grew up with this trauma, and you try to tell a, a therapist or a psychologist, they really don't know how to handle these yeah. types of cases. And so I feel like yeah. that's such that's so like that's like a big uh I guess niche that we need to fill because yes. we're, not, we're not talking to people about these things because we're afraid that we're going to be called you know, called crazy or you know prescribed like mm-hmm. these psychotics or whatever or maybe you know labeled as right. schizophrenic and it's not mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be there's so much para- uh, parapsychology research out there talking about this and you know i just feel like if we can do it maybe from a holistic or spiritual side we can start getting that conversation going and maybe at some point the medical field will like join catch up yeah or or catch up yeah that matter, right mm-hmm. you know catch up to it. so that being said you told me ufo yeah ufo so do you have a spooky story that you can share that that's not too personal cuz i don't want to get too personal but is there something that you're like oh i have a spooky story Here's here's one spooky story I can share with the audience. Oh my god, I have so many spooky stories. I'm gonna tell you, I've gonna, <laughs> I've told my UFO ones. I'm gonna try not to tell that one uh, right now. Okay. People sick of it. <laughs> um, but I'm gonna tell <laughs> one that um, I actually had, and I I have no um, I don't know what it was or what ended up happening. But I'm gonna tell you how it how it happened. I moved into um one of these like manufactured home communities. Uh, years ago when my parents divorced, I was still, I was pretty young. I was possibly like 20, 20 something. I don't know, my twenties. And, um, I had, was living with my mom and my sister. Everything was cool. And we lived, our home was in front of a lake, but behind our, or sorry, well, behind us was a lake. In front of us was a landfill. So it wasn't like the best place to live, but it's what my mom could afford at that time and what we can do. But anyway, that's like beyond the point. The point is manufactured home not, you know, the best quality at home sort of stuff. So it was very easy to hear things all the time, especially outside and stuff. And my, my room was the first room as soon as like when you walked into the door, uh, my room was to the left. So I was the first room of the, of the house, let's say. Uh, and my window looked toward the, the, the road. Well, um, couple nights I start waking up hearing these very deep, guttural sort of breathing heavy breathing noises and that like i was like what in hell is what is outside i had never heard of that yeah, right. anything like that before <laughs> oh, and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and i mean i'm like a nature person i used to like trek the everglades all the time i know what a lot of these animals that we have around here oh, sounds wow. like and stuff right so like i was just like okay i don't know what that is yeah and I remember one night hearing it and it sounded like it was almost like dragging itself across my window, like from on the, on the floor. And I was just like, I am terrified. Oh. Like I froze. I was like, I'm terrified. I don't even want to know what that is. So I never looked. Yeah. Anyway, I just like, whatever. Few days passed, maybe months. I really don't know. The timeline's all blurred at this point. Right. I just know that another day I woke yeah. up to something again making weird noises but this time it threw a rock at my window and i hear the rock break for the window and i was like oh shit oh no <laughs> i was like oh shit like i was yeah, like yeah, oh, yeah, what yeah, is yeah. going on 
And at that point, I'm yeah. like, I'm going to ignore it. Like, I'm going to pretend like it's not even there. But as soon as I'm like, I'm going to try to shake this off. Like, I didn't, nothing happened. Nothing broke. You understand? Yeah, as yeah. soon as I said that, I hear these clap, like these, these taps. Like it was, and I, I will never forget how it sounded because it was very short and very quick. It was pa And I'm like, what the heck is that? So it was, it just sounded like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What the hell? Yeah. yeah. It wasn't galloping because galloping is more like, da-da, 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 da-da. this wasn't that. This right, was, right. Da, 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 da. and I'm like, oh my God. So the next morning I'm like, no, I got to investigate. I don't know if I'm hearing things or this is like sleep hallucinations or whatever. So I grabbed my sister. <laughs> I remember grabbing my sister and we had just painted our home. So our house is freshly painted and our driveway is freshly painted. So I go outside <laughs> And I see the rock on my window, like oh. on the floor. It's still there, broken in pieces. And it was a relatively like nice shaped, like big sized rock. So I was like, okay, well, that's weird. It couldn't have just been kicked up. Do you understand? Like something had to throw it. But the yeah. weirdest, the freakiest right. thing, yeah. and I will never know what it was, was we, it left a half moon shaped footmark, a mark on my fresh paint. And it was, it just looked like a little new moon, like a little like crescent moon sort of like, but it, I don't know. Wow. It was the weirdest thing. And we were all looking, my sister and I kind of looked at each other and she Oh, that is weird. What was that? And I was like, I don't know. And I told her everything. And ever since then, like we never heard or saw anything again, but that was, um, that was pretty terrifying. (laughs) That's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. You're braver than me to go outside. I, I imagine you did it in the light of day. Oh yeah, the next morning. Heck no, I wasn't going out. Right? Night? No, no. Okay. No. <laughs> I was like, no. Deborah, what are you doing? Going in the dark? Are you crazy? Nope. Come on, have you seen? I know movie? the rules. I know uh, how to be a final girl. Okay, like it's not like it's not happening. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Okay. So you're gonna die last. For sure. That's good to know. If I'm if we're ever in a situation, yeah, I can count on Deborah. Awesome. <laughs> uh so we're get, before we get to our topic, I have a couple questions for you. Yeah. First of all, have you ever stayed in a haunted hotel? You know, I don't know. I don't think so. Like I haven't purposely stayed in one. I'm sure some hotels that I stayed in the Dominican yeah, Republic we're haunted, but I just wouldn't, I don't know. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Okay. So the reason I asked that is because our topic today is the Congress Plaza hotel in Chicago, Illinois. One of the most haunted hotels, not only in the United States, the Midwest, but in the world. Is that ring a bell? Congress Plaza hotel. The Plaza hotel does, but I think there's a Plaza in New York. So I might be, Confusing. Correct. Yeah. This is different. Okay. This is totally different. So then, no, I don't know. So, so let's let's talk. I mean, a couple things. Okay. So great. So great. This is going to be fun because then you'll be able to learn all this cool stuff because it's creepy as hell. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Okay. Um. So one of the things I've stayed in haunted hotels, but I've never had experience it. Mm-hmm. But when I was on business trips. Uh, my team co-workers had experiences. And again, they knew I was in the paranormal. So mm-hmm. and so. So this is two experiences that I don't know about you, but they'd freak me out. Uh, one guy came to me at breakfast and he said, John, 
did you have anything happen last night? It was super weird in your room. And I'm like, no, like I'm super disappointed, you know, because I'm a paranormal yeah. guy. Right. And he goes, why well, did he said a woman's voice said his name right in his ear. So, you know, like if you have like your little girl, right. And she goes, yeah. mommy, like right in your ear and yeah, you wake yeah. up and, and you see your little girl standing there. But imagine she's not standing there. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so his name was Daniel. Okay. And so he heard this woman's voice go, Daniel, no. Daniel. And he thought he was late for a meeting. He thought one of his coworkers and he looks around. This is like four in the morning. And he looks around. His room is completely dark. He just freaks out. <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, so would I, right? Wouldn't you? Right. How did they know my name? Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. It's just so, yeah. So it, he freaked out and he got another room. The next one was interesting because this was more interesting in the fact there was actual like intelligence stuff happening. So this one guy, by the way, this guy I talked to is a huge skeptic. He doesn't believe in ghosts at all. He thinks it's all a bunch of mm, my favorite people. Anyway, yeah, his bathroom light. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> his bathroom light turned on. We kept on flipping on, right? And then his door would slowly close. Okay. And this <laughs> happened. We were there for three days. Each night around he, he wasn't sure about what time, but about three, four in the morning. Okay. So then after that, there was just pounding on his door, like boom, 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 like four in the morning, boom, 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 boom. And he's like, you know what? These drunk jerks <laughs> coming back from the bar, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. yeah they're doing that. <laughs> so he goes, okay, I'm going to catch him. Cause he wasn't worried about the light of the door. And I'm asking him a million questions. It's hilarious. Right. But he, so he took a chair and he sat by the door yep. the next night. And he goes, I'm going to catch these guys pounding on my door, right? Mm -hmm. It's co-workers, whatever, right? Kids in the motel, you yeah. know. So he's sitting there, just like clockwork, 3.30 in the morning, boom, 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 boom. He flings open the door. Yeah. Nobody's there. Yeah. Nobody's in the hall. Nothing. And I said, wait a minute. <laughs> All these things are happening at that time. That's like, I told him that's called a residual haunting mm -hmm. with some intelligence. And he didn't believe me. Yeah. He just like looked at me and just went, no, it's faulty wiring. And it's in the door is broken. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and this guy stayed in his room, did not leave every again, come home. He would come for breakfast and he'd be like, happened again, John. And I go, Man, <laughs> you can't. Then you need to tell the front desk. Right. So he told the front desk, and they were like, "This is this is the funny part." So the front desk goes, "Oh, that room's haunted." Just like <laughs> they told oh, by the way. They said, oh, that's haunted. <laughs> yeah, just like matter of yeah. By the way, <laughs> and I said to him, "Can I stay in your room?" And he's like, "No, man, you can't stay in my room." And I'm like, "Come on, I'll switch your room." Yeah. He's like, "No, I won't do that." But it, but to. But to this point, this hotel has had numerous suicides. Yeah. It's had um, sightings of shadows, ghosts. There are there is one floor 
the 12, and I'll get into this, Deborah, the 12th floor, which the rooms are padlocked. You cannot rent those rooms. They have padlocks on the rooms because they're so haunted. You can't go in the room. <laughs> you can't rent it out. They're not going to destroy it or anything. So pretty interesting, right? So let me get into it yeah. for you. So let's get into this because I think this, the history of this is just amazing. So I'm going to fire this up and look at my notes here. And like I said, I just wish something like that would happen to me, but it, it never does. <laughs> I think I want the ghost too much. I don't know. Could be something else. Um, so let's get spooky, shall we? So the Congress Plaza Hotel, like I said, is one of the most historical hotels in Chicago, Illinois. It is also one of the most haunted. So I do sources here. I like to put in here. So I'm going to bore you for a second. Right. I'm sorry, Deborah, but I got to give sources. I'm a researcher. You can bore me. Uh, the Congress Plaza. Yeah. So the Plaza. The Congress. Yeah. Yeah. So the Congress Plaza Hotel History. That's a website. Chicago Tribune. Um, Ghostly City Tours. And also um, just the Chicago, Illinois Congress Hotel like website. So it actually talks a little bit about the history of the Chicago Hotel. So That's I'm going to cool. bore you a little with history, but you know, hey, this is why we do this. <laughs> I think it's fascinating. So anyway, the, Can uh, the Congress Plaza Hotel in Chicago, Illinois was built in 1893. So it is old. It has lots of cool features, including cobbled streets near the entrance gas lights, which I think is kind of interesting, and horse-drawn carriages. So when you come in, on certain times they do this, not all the time, you can yeah. get like a horse-drawn carriage around the block, and they have like these old-time gas lights to kind of give it a, you know, like an old-timey feel, I guess, which is kind of neat. And it was originally called the Atrium Ant Annex, which I'm like, that's a weird name <laughs> for the hotel. And But then in 1911, they called it the Congress Plaza Hotel, which uh, that's a better name than Atrium Annex. The other cool features is yeah. the two buildings are, there's these two buildings that are linked together by a marble-lined underground tunnel. And it's called Peacock Alley. So there's this underground tunnel, and it's all marble. So that was kind of cool. That's um, pretty One of the other things is it's nicknamed, this hotel's nicknamed the Home of Presidents. Numerous U.S. presidents have all stayed and campaigned in the hotel, including, and I don't know how good you are with history, but I love history, uh, President William Howard Taft, Woodrow Wilson, Warren Harding, Calvin Coolidge, and Franklin Roosevelt. And also uh, some actually modern presidents have stayed there, like Bill Clinton, uh, Barack Obama. So. This is crazy. I didn't I didn't know this. I was like, this is a huge hotel. So it's a million square feet. <laughs> so it has a lot of room. It, and it also has over 871 rooms. Okay. Wow. So it's a big hotel. And I've not been to it. Just to let you know, Chicago is about three hours away from me. And I now I have to check this out because when I was looking at it, oh, man, it is crazy and they it's a how would i say it's like a four or five star hotel so it's not like for taking the i guess you could take the family but i'm like no no, no. 
But <laughs> I'm going to get right into the tragic story right now, uh, since I've kind of told you a little bit about the hotel. And I'm going to put some pictures and stuff on the website. When you see it, Deborah, you're going to go, man, that is gorgeous. I just love to stay there. And I'm sure you have hotels in the Dominican Republic as well as where you live that are just gorgeous old hotels. So let's get right to the hauntings. Okay. Unless you want to add anything, anything you want to add as far as this hotel that it's huge and, and presidents have stayed there. Anything you want to add? It No, I mean, just by the way that you're like describing it, it almost sounds like pure luxury from what you're telling me. Yeah. 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 Just imagine a beautiful hotel from, well, this is early 1800s, but 1900s where they just have the marble floors and the gold inlay uh, marble uh, columns and the, you know, the all the big leather couches and furniture, you know, things like that, you know, and uh, I, I just think it's just amazing. So here's the first haunting. Now you can, <laughs> I'm going to get to more, but I want to get right into the spooky stuff for everybody. The first haunting uh, is about, and this is really terrible, uh, the tragic story of Adele Langer. So room 1252 of the Congre Congress Plaza Hotel holds a pretty tragic story. Adele Langer, she was, and you're a mom, so this will probably upset you. So if any moms out there, yeah. <laughs> just know this is going to upset you. Um, she was 43 years old. She was a Czech uh, Jewish refugee who entered America with her two sons, Carl and Jan Misha. And so anyway, she had all these problems when she came about is she going to be, you know, um, taken out of the country and, and expedition and all this stuff? So she was really worried about all these things that were going on that kind of led to this. But here's the thing. This is crazy. The Longer family were owners of a 1.5 million, okay, textile plant in Prague. So they came over here from Prague to make it, which I think they've already yeah. made it. <laughs> In my opinion, I mean, because it's equivalent. It, yeah, it's equivalent today of $29.8 million they would be worth oh in today's money. Okay. So this is the 19, early 1900s. Okay. So they had to escape because of World War II and there's other persecution, obviously, of the Jews because they were partly Jewish and everything. And they escaped in the night and all this, you know, terrible stuff they had to get here. But in August 1939, Adele and her two children checked into the Congress Plaza Hotel and stayed, like I said, on the 12th floor. However, her husband, who was supposed to arrive in America a couple of days later, had failed to turn up. Now, this is really starting to get sad. As days stretched in the weeks, desperation turned to despair because she's waiting for her husband, right? Right. And she's really excited to have the family together. And he's not showing up. So distraught by the disappearance of her husband, because back in that day, you don't call him on the cell phone and text him. Right. <laughs> or <GPS>. email. <laughs> um, and, and her ability. <laughs> yeah. There yeah. You know, Instagram. Mm -hmm. um, she couldn't find work. She's, you know, thrown into this mess because she's by herself without her husband. She's persecuted. She's worried about, 
being, you know, uh, thrown out of the country and all this stuff. Okay. And this is where it gets serious. She threw her two sons out the window, Jan and Carl, just threw them out the window before leaping to her own death. So I don't know how you react to that. Uh, I know that's a heavy thing. Yeah. Yeah. She just threw them out the window. Just see ya. Cause she was just so distraught there. There's an article um, that I'll put on the website that you'll be able to read. That's this is actually happening. So it's not like one of those things. Eh, maybe that happened. No, this is an actual article from a real newspaper clipping. And I'm going to read this. This is what they said. Mrs. Longer. <laughs> there's so much has changed in the way we report things now today. <laughs> days. Mrs. Longer hurled her two small sons to death late Thursday night from the, they say, 13th floor. It's kind of a weird thing, the way they number things in the Congress Hotel. A few seconds later, she followed them to her death leap. The three bodies struck the sidewalk in Michigan Avenue, south of Congress Street. Her suicide, the jury found, was committed while she was temporarily temporarily insane. So... Anything uh, to add to that? <laughs> I mean, you mentioned that was the actual newspaper clipping what they said. You mentioned something that re- that I had I had taken notice when you first started talking about the twelfth floor, and you said the twelfth floor was the most haunted of the whole thing. And I was going to ask you, does it have a thirteenth floor, or is the is the twelfth floor the thirteenth floor? And you just said that they said it was the thirteenth floor. So now I'm just like, hmm, like what's going on there? So that's really interesting. I also like that newspaper clipping. um, Yeah. was really straight to the point, wasn't it? Like, I mean, (laughs) I'm just like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Hurled her two sons. Yeah, like. (laughs) Oh, she just hurled her sons. Yeah. What? I I mean. All right. Well, okay. Uh, But, yeah. Can you imagine what state you must be in to, (laughs) like, to even just consider that, like I don't know, like, she must have mm. been really like done, done. So yeah, that's crap. It's crazy. Yeah. So there's another thing where, yeah, is that this is and it gets worse. <laughs> <laughs> well, I shouldn't laugh at that, but it's like, oh my god. Um, interviewing Carl Longer, he's the father. Um. He was a, they say that this is from the newspaper clipping too, which is weird the way they write it back in the early 1900s, I guess. Longer, a short, frail little man spoke through an interpreter. His eyes were bloodshot and visible tremors shot through his frame. We left our homeland for the sake of our children, he said. We hope to find opportunities to give them a better life. I know. That's. Yeah, right. You know, here he is, and you're told your wife and children are gone, and your better life. Well, it's it's bad, and it's over. So I don't know if you want to add anything to that. Probably. (laughs) I mean, what can I say? I I mean, it's just one of those things where, like, I can't. Yeah, you you can't put anything on it. So this is some of the things where they also put some things in here regarding this suicide. And I'm like a little bit confused, but I'm like, okay, I guess it's the way that. 
I kind of get it. And this is according to the Chicago Tribune. And I'm going to report things. So this is what the Chicago Tribune said when they started to investigate and they found out a little bit more. Is according to the Chicago Tribune, Adele had been depressed since living, leaving Czechoslovakia and frequently talked of committing suicide, taking the babies with her. Uh, okay. Number one warning sign. <laughs> Maybe yeah. you should have sent her with your two kids ahead of you. Okay. Um, the two boys had been sent to boys camp to learn English. Okay. But they did mm-hmm. not like it and returned home shortly uh, before their death. So uh, they were going there to learn English and like I said, better life. The family was sent a letter from the Canadian government granting it a permanent refuge just before she jumped to her death. So she never opened the letter. How sad is that? So she was granted refuge in Canada with her family, but she never read the letter. And then she jumped to her death. That's so sad. Yeah. Anything? (laughs) I mean. It's terrible. Yeah. So Carl Longer. Yeah. How would you think you'd react to that? I mean, that's, to me, I'm like, here's everything you wanted, and then, oh, uh, well, it's gone now. Um, he now the father, Carl, Carl, he did threaten to commit suicide himself due to the tragedy, and they they he did not do that. They got him some help, whichever I don't know what the help is back in the early 1900s, but like you said, what you're trying to do. They didn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, trying to help people talk and whatever. No, they did not do that, that back in the day. Um, so he lived for a little while longer. Um, not really sure when he died, but he died shortly after he leaves in his entire family to this tragic event. So, and they had everything in front of them too. I mean, oh, that makes it worse. So, no. so now your question is, I'm guessing, are there ghosts there? Are the children there? And the answer is yes. Of course they are. So the the six-year-old Carl, um, he didn't even make it to the city morgue. I don't know why. This is so weird. And it's not known where Carl's body went. Um, (laughs) So they, like, lost it. They're like, wait a minute. They lost this kid's body. So psychics and ghost hunters believe that he's his remains are still in the hotel. Like they, I don't know if you know this, but if you die in a hotel, there's like a, a kind of a morgue in the basement, just a temporary yeah. morgue. Why, you know, you get the thing situated. Um, that's, I guess, what happened to him. No one's found his body, his remains to this day. They don't know where he is. So <laughs> that's even more sad. Okay. <laughs> that's not good. <laughs> of course that kid is there. <laughs> Jeez. So yeah. <laughs> so on many occasions, staff and guests for the hotel have reported seeing the little boy running around in the 12th or 13th floor. However you, <laughs> if you ever want to put it in an incident reported by the security guy, John, not me. Um, <laughs> He saw a young boy he spotted in with worn out clothes and standing at the far end of the hotel corridor. So, you know, the, 
he would do with any security guard. John questioned the young boy. The boy simply grinned and faded away right before John's eyes. And to be honest with you, Deborah, that's where I scream like a little girl and run. <laughs> How about no, you? No, <laughs> I mean, I'm first of all, I would never be a hotel security just for that reason. Like, I would just not. <laughs> that's not. Mm -mm. <laughs> so I can only imagine the terror because the kid smiles. Like, add insult to injury. You understand? Yeah. Like, it's already bad enough that Make I'm a ghost. Them. I'm going to smile at you and make it creepier. <laughs> <laughs> so, apart from the manifestation, guests staying in the 12th floor or 13th floor, however you want to say it again, report their TVs, <laughs> oh my gosh, turning on and off at random and their personal belongings being moved while they're away. So that happens all the time. I read a bunch of comments um, and they say like, you, you, I don't know if you get ready in the morning, you have your stuff out, you know, they come back you know, in the afternoon and all their stuff is like, like the hairbrush is on the dresser and the, their hairspray or whatever is like on the bed. And it happens all the time. And the TVs, I don't know with ghosts and TVs. I don't know. It's kind of weird. Um, turning on and off so it's like you turn it on it goes off turn it on goes off so to me that's kind of annoying <laughs> i don't I mean, about you it, deborah but i would be like will you stop it <laughs> i mean think about it like this is the way i think about it it's a kid it's most likely a child spirit right so what else is the kid gonna do other than drive you crazy and be mischievous <laughs> like you understand mm -hmm. like i'm just gonna you know i'm gonna do some stuff because mm -hmm. he has nothing better to do so like, whatever <laughs> Yeah, it's a kid, right? Yeah. So you're probably wondering, okay, obviously this is haunted. The room 1252 is still sealed off from the public. That's where um, okay. she, the woman and her children died. In fact, the room is said to be so haunted that the doorknob was removed and the door gaps were glued shut effectively trapping anything that may linger inside. Do they think that what, that's how it works? That, <laughs> I mean... I've never heard of that. No, I mean... Right, right? Yeah, like, you're just going to glue it shut and nothing's going to go through. Like, they can't, like, move through planes or, like, objects. Yeah. I'm just like... That's... Right. There. <laughs> mm. Hilarious. <laughs> right. So throughout the 12th floor of the hotel, many rooms were unmarked and bolted shut. So if you go in this, if I don't know, maybe you want to go to Chicago and see this, please let me know if you do, because I'd love to hear your experience. I, I might go to it too. So, But there are damage on several of the door frames. There's also evidence of vandalism, which I think is kind of weird. Possibly a, uh, thrill seekers looking for paranormal activity. Throughout the hotel, several other rooms also can be found locked up with padlocks how interesting like, i don't know do you find I that do. weird i find that weird i do because, or interesting i do because typically hotels you know they from what i've read and experienced like hotels just you know they rent out their rooms it's just a business you understand it's not anything but for them to be padlocked is almost like oh this is real sorry guys we can't have you here because of some sort of liability or something like it almost feels like that you understand and it's just kind of weird because i've never it must be like oh this is like haunted haunted 
Do you understand? Yeah. Kind of, that's the feeling I get. Like <laughs> this must be haunted, yeah. haunted. Oh, uh, so now we're going to get into some some deep stuff, some R-rated stuff. So if you have kitties or anybody listening to this, you might want to put on your headphones or listen to it later. So I'll give you guys a second. So <clears throat> one of the most infamous suicides that happened there was of Spanish-American War Captain Louis Ostemheim. I believe that's how you pronounce it. If you can help me, I don't know a better way. He was the first United States artillery, and it happened on April 9th, 1900, when the hotel had only been in business for only seven years. I can't believe this. It was the eve of his wedding. He was, this is was and he was staying at the hotel by himself, and he took a gun to his head, pulled the trigger, ended his life. With no suicide note, no apparent reason for the suicide. As noted in the Chicago Tribune report, uh, this is uh, was re- reproduced online where I was looking at um, by Dr. Neil Gale. He was the guy who did the, um, the um, I'm trying to, uh, oh, I can't see the word right now. Um, where you look at the body after it's dead. And I'm, I'm drawing a blank here. <laughs> um, but anyway, he found two wedding rings were found in the room with the gentleman's body, Ostheim, Ostheim's body. And to this day, nobody knows why he killed himself. Um, and it's, it's so weird that this has happened. And it's happened so many times. There's too many to report. Like people go there to commit suicide and like they're drawn there. And that is super weird to me. I don't know if you've ever heard of that, like a place where people have been drawn to um, post-mortem. I'm like, that's what I was (laughs) looking for. So when they did like the post-mortem, thank you. (laughs) My brain. (laughs) Thank you for that brain. Um, so when they did the postmortem, there was nothing wrong with him. He didn't have cancer. He didn't have any diseases. He didn't, you know what I'm saying? And he wasn't under the influence Deborah, or anything? He, he didn't have like drugs? Or no, nothing. Nothing. No, it was on the eve of his wedding and he decided to kill himself. And nobody knows why. And no, no idea well, why. I've heard a couple to things. This day. So that's interesting. That makes me think of, A, there is a phenomenon. I don't know why. When it comes to suicides, a lot of people tend to choose hotels what for whatever reason to go and commit their suicide and i think it has something to do with like just not Mm. being home and doing that in front of the parent like the the family or anything so it's like a place that they feel like they disconnect and then sure you know things will handle themselves like it is what i assume obviously i I don't know but this is like what i Mm. would assume and the other thing is that when a hotel is haunted or anything is haunted right like you I always wonder if there's certain energies that sort of compel you or make you feel like different. You understand? Maybe you're just, you're just in a different sort of like, yeah. get, I don't know, like, I don't know, like yeah. energy when you're there and maybe things that you wouldn't have thought of before kind yeah, of no. overcome you and you just feel like, oh, maybe, you know, like it's, it's so, it's a weird thing. It is, it is. And here's the thing, though, his shadow and his ghost 
are all over this hotel. In fact, he is known as the shadow man of the Congress Plaza mm. Hotel. So people have seen him. It, one story it said where people were sleeping and this shadow just came out of the closet, came right towards their bed. Like just was menacingly just yeah. coming towards their bed. And, you know, of course they freaked out and got the heck out of there. But they just said it was just felt evil. Just felt evil and felt dark. And they were like, ah, see ya. And again, scream like a little girl. I'm out of there. I'm I'm not. <laughs> I'm man enough to admit that, Deborah. <laughs> you know, that's that's actually very so, brave. So what other room? Oh, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so what other rooms, right? Yeah. So these are a little more funny. So these aren't as deep. But in room 474. A once resident judge and judge, not judge of a beauty pageant, actually judge, a court judge, internally changes the channels on his cherished television set. So what's super funny is like, you'll be sitting there and people said they'll report, they'll be in that room and they'll, you know, they'll turn on the ball game or whatever. And then suddenly goes to another channel and another one. And they, they didn't touch their remote and they're like, what is going on? And then when they go to complain, the the manager or the customer service people, whoever's down there, just go, yep, that happens. Sorry. And they're like, we can do anything about it. And they're like, nope. <laughs> so everybody gets a yeah. different room. So it, it's, it's, I thought that was kind of funny. Um, so in room 759, another resident, he was caught in here. Um, well, he wasn't caught in there, I shouldn't say, but his son put him in the his father or whoever it was in this room, you know, to basically keep an eye on him, you know, took him out of his house and stuff. So it's kind of sad. And he was an elderly gentleman, a longtime resident. And then one day his son said, all right, you got to go to the nursing home. So he was going to take him to the nursing home and wanting to stay in the hotel. This old man had mustered enough strength to keep his son and security guards from opening the door. So at room 759, supposedly what happens is, you know, you put your key in or key card in and you open the door and the door was shut. And then you, oh, what the heck? Put it in, shut again. And then when you try to get open, the people have claimed it's like pushing a, a body, like someone's in front of the door. So <laughs> and when the people go down and say, hey, your stupid door's broken. Again, they just told, well, taunted. There's an old guy that used to live there. So <laughs> I like how they're so nonchalant like, about it. Okay, that's a little Yeah, weird. they're just so nonchalant. They're just like, yeah, yeah. you know. They know it's haunted. <laughs> Whatever. Huh. Yeah. yeah. They they're told on their first day it's haunted. Like it's haunted. There's no way around it. Either you're gonna and that's why a lot of people quit. Oh. They they have trouble keeping people, which duh. Yeah. So Room 441 is known as the most haunted room in the Congress Plaza Hotel. And the 12th floor is really, really haunted. And, you know, that's very haunted. But this one, supposedly, is super haunted. And, again, it's, it, some of it's kind of lost the history. Mm. So one of the things they say that there was a young woman who was a prostitute and for whatever reason, the mafia uh, went in there and they killed her. 
and her death was never solved. So when you're in this room, and this, I don't know about you, Deborah, what you'll see is wake up. People, guests have woken up and seen this young woman staring out the window in like, you know, 1920s clothes, or they've woken up and she's been standing at the foot of their bed, just staring at them. Or the worst thing, (laughs) this is my worst thing, is when you're in the bathroom, when you, you know, you take a shower and there's steam out of the window, then you wipe off the, wipe off the mirror, I should say, she's right behind you, staring at you. (laughs) So which one's scary? The foot of the bed, staring out the window, or for me, it's the it's the foot of the bed. Just because I'm sleeping, I wake up, and all of a sudden, you just don't expect for something to be there. And you know, I mean, the same thing with the bathroom. But I feel like the bathroom, mm-hmm. I'm I'm alert. You understand? It's like when you're not alert, and all of a sudden you wake up, and yeah. you're just like, "What yeah. the heck? How long has it been there? Has it been watching me? Like, yeah, creepy. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah." And, and there's one other ghost on this floor, and he goes in different rooms, and his name is Peg Leg Johnny. <laughs> and Peg Leg Johnny <laughs> was a vagrant who lost his leg, I guess, in uh, World War One, or wh- who knows how he lost it. Yeah. Again, it's kind of lost the history. But he likes to play around with you. He likes to come into your room and mess up your bed, and then he likes to, like, if you're a woman... Unfortunately, he likes to pinch you uh, <laughs> or pull your hair yeah. or move your stuff. Um, but it's all, with guests say, it, it's like an old man who's just trying to have a little fun because they're bored. Like the kid turning yeah. on and off the TV. So don't worry about that one. I guess that's the nicest okay. one there, which is kind of weird. Um, but rooms 401, 407, and 428. Again, people, cold spots, hearing strange noises, all these different things that happen in there. Now, there also is a North Tower. So there's a North Tower and a South Tower. Like I said, they're combined by this beautiful marble um, tunnel, which is called Peacock Mm -hmm. Alley. But one of the things, this horrors, what they say, horrors of North Tower I was reading about, I thought was interesting. This is funny because... People who've been in here have said they've seen apparitions, shadow peepers, shadow Eepers. people, excuse me, <laughs> evil. So this is, yeah, and this, <laughs> peepers too. Um, so this is funny. This is a funny story. Um, so there was these two Marines in the early 1970s. All right. So they're Marines, right? So they, they've seen, they've seen their stuff and they got so scared one night. They just ran out in the hallway in their underwear and ran out the front door <laughs> in their underwear at like three o'clock in the morning or something. That's how scared they were. Just the, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Do you think that's funny? I'm laughing at, it. I think that's funny to see two big Marine guys just running out in their underwear. So scared. They're like, Nope. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what do you think? <laughs> I tend to think that the bigger, more like rough you are, the more pansy you probably are when it comes to paranormal stuff. <laughs> I mean, not, not you know, I'm, I'm going to get so much hate. For All that. right. <laughs> but I mean, I'm just like, typically, not that it's always, but I've seen a lot of men like that. And I'm just like, guys, really? <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. 
Um, the other thing too is in this North Tower and stuff, in some of the rooms, they don't mention the rooms, but they just say if you go in um in some of these rooms, and I don't know why they're not matching that, that was kind of weird. But there are again suicides in there. There was a woman, again, this is a little R-rated, um, where a woman slit her wrist in the bathtub uh in the 1970s, and she is said to be glimpsed every night in this bathtub. Like you go into the bathtub and you see this woman and she's they didn't say she's sitting in a pool of blood. I'm gonna add that because it's scary. But basically you go in there and there's this woman committing suicide in this bathtub. And then when you go back out, she's gone. So I'm like, damn. <laughs> kind of reminds me of 13. No, thank you. Um, yeah. The other thing. Yeah, right. There you go. So the other thing I thought was super funny is celebrities have stayed there. Not mm-hmm. only like sports celebrities, but like all, they didn't say which celebrities, but one celebrity said, well, all these celebrities say every time they're staying there, they always hear strange, weird things happen to them. But one celebrity, which wouldn't give their name, said he saw what appeared to be a shadow figure moving back and forth in his closet. So I'm thinking that's the dude earlier who killed himself. He said he was so freaked out that he checked out of the hotel and then just went down the block and got another room. <laughs> but he saw like a shadow just walking back and forth in the closet just like nah, thank you um also chicago uh, chicago's first serial killer hh holmes henry h holmes would linger in the lobby looking for young women well to kill so he would like hang out in the lobby and uh you know look for his next victim of this hotel and they also said that his apparition Women, especially, will see, like, a well-dressed man, like, appear in front of them in the lobby and stare at them and then disappear. So. That's interesting yeah. about H.H. Holmes. <laughs> he, so he would go to that hotel and then tell them to stay at his hotel or what? Or like, his spot is basically what they would say, like, come here, it's cheaper. Yeah, so, right. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, so he was just looking for his night. So he would go in there. And just kind of check it out and be, and then see some young, beautiful woman or whatever. And um, whatever woman he wanted, I guess. And just be like, hey, you know, this is nice, but in my hotel, it has any light. That's so crazy. I just. (laughs) Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. So he used that as, as people would say, his hunting ground. Um, (laughs) And then the other thing, I I told you about presidents and stuff supposedly in the ballroom. So there's, they have these huge ballrooms. Mm-hmm. Okay. And a lot of people claim they see a woman uh, with a Victoria clothing, Victorian clothing going around and they have even photographed this. I got to see if I can find this. It's home to, like I said, many other ghosts because the ballroom was very, you know, obviously in the 1900s, early 1900s, it's very important. Like that's where you would gather for business. And also, uh, People said they've seen President Theodore Roosevelt in the ballroom, just kind of walking around, and uh, he doesn't say anything to anybody. So I thought that was like super interesting. Cool. So here's my question: That Deborah, is interesting. Before we wrap up here, yes. I just have a couple of things before we wrap up. Do you think it's haunted? 
<laughs> oh, absolutely. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> and why do you think that? I do too. No, I do too. But why well, do you I think mean, that? you've already talked about a few of these stories, right? <laughs> and I mean, I can, this is just like a tiny snippet of like, I can assume the incredible amount, incredible amount of testimonial that's existed from like the beginning to now. So it's over a hundred years of stories. And I mean, I, I know that, you know, in a paranormal testimony is like, you know, not as important because as in like in a court, I guess, but for me, it's really important. And it only goes to show you how much activity there really is there. And if you're telling me that all these people have stayed there and people of importance, and there's just been so much history and, and death and all this negative stuff, of course, it's going to be haunted. I mean, all that energy kind of lingers and people feel it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So then I have to ask you, if you get an opportunity to stay there, are you going to yes, stay there? Absolutely. Like a hundred percent. Love it. <laughs> Love that. Because we can swap stories. Yeah, and I went to Chicago. We can one. swap stories. So I don't know. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say I've been to Chicago and I d I don't I don't remember. Like I didn't know. Had I even known about this, like I totally would have gone there and like probably tried to stay a night or something, or I don't know, at least check it out. Cause I had like I was completely oblivious to this. Awesome. So do you have like a couple minutes because I have a true story from someone that I will read here. Do you have a couple minutes? If not, that's okay. I do. So this this is called Mildly Scary Tales of Reddit. This is what oh, I love Reddit. Yes. So I'm just going to read this to you. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to, this is from someone who stayed in the hotel. Okay. And I condensed it because she was talking about a bunch of stuff and I was like, okay, nobody cares. Just know she's she's a young woman, she's a mom like you, and she just needed a break. So she decided, for whatever reason, to stay in the, the whole Congress Plaza Hotel. So <clears throat> just as I started to drift to sleep, I heard a crash from the bathroom. I went to see what it was. My fan, which I plugged in and sat in the middle of the countertop, was unplugged and in the shower. There is no way that could have fallen in the from the middle of the countertop into the shower. I had it for years and it never vibrated itself off the edge of a surface. So she's like, there's no way this could happen. Which, by the way, yeah, yeah. how did that happen? Because the, she said the shower is like seven feet away from the sink. I'm like, okay. Then she said there was a point when she started to drift off to sleep again. She truly felt the presence of a dark entity. And she says, I'm not the one to talk or think like this. And, you know, she's people think I'm nuts, which we talked earlier about, you know, that's you're not nuts. <laughs> it's yeah. OK to get it out. So she mm -hmm. was like, OK, I, I just felt evil in the room. And then she tried in vain to go back to sleep and it didn't work. Now, this is a good one. At one point, I saw the cord to the lamp swaying back and forth on its own. The closet door kept opening even when i shed it firmly and the worst of all there were voices so many voices i heard voices on either side of the room muffled <laughs> and low enough that i couldn't hear the words but definitely voices i couldn't i it couldn't have been of the other guests but i guess there could be but i don't usually hear a lot of people up at 
three thirty a.m. Yeah. So <laughs> that, huh. and then it just says at the end she got the you know what out of there, and she drove all the way home. And she, this is actually from Wisconsin, so she's a she had to drive like three hours yeah. home. So <laughs> she left it like shortly after that. After hearing the voices, she said, "Enough." Boom. Done. Went down, got her car, drove back. Done. I'm out. And you know that to me, you know that would scare me too. Just seeing the the sway of the cord and and like, well, there's no wind, and my fan isn't doing it, and then the closet keeps opening, and then I hear these voices, like so. I don't know about you, but me, yes. I'm out of there. Are you out of there? Are you going to stay? I'd probably stay. (laughs) I'd stay though. I'd stay because I, again, like the way that I approach the paranormal now is a little differently than like before. So I'd probably be like, all right, whatever it is, you're not running me out of here. I pay good money. So we're just going to, we're going to deal with this right now. (laughs) So sorry, buddy. I love you, Deborah. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) I love it, Deborah. That's awesome. <laughs> You're braver than me. <laughs> um, so one of the things I want to tell you, too, is uh, we also did episodes. If you want to check out the Fister Hotel, that is in Milwaukee. Okay. That's super haunted. So that's one another episode yeah. we did. Um, that's really fun. But before I go, one thing I want to know, please share, you know, where you are, you know, Instagram. So my my uh, spooky friends can find oh you. that'd be great thank you uh so you can find me uh, on instagram at paranormal paradigma or tiktok the same name paranormal paradigma or you can always check out my website www.paranormalparadigma.com awesome i will put this also say stay spooky so stay spooky stay deborah spooky.